Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building Thank you. 
and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so. This is why I don't drink coffee because I was just overrated. Um, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Niner Faithful. I hope I told you to slaughter that and have the Christmas song playing. Why Niner's by Law was playing. I hope that was very smooth. I hope you could even hear the Christmas song. I'll, I'll, I'll see it after this is all recorded and it sucks. I'm sorry. I'll figure out if there's a way I can delete it. I highly doubt it. But um, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope everybody's having a blessed holiday. And I appreciate everybody choosing to listen in to the show instead of talking and chilling with their loved ones. Or maybe, just maybe, I'd like to hope all y'all are sitting around, chilling, listening to Niner Faithful Radio, having a good time talking about the Niners. But apparently lattes help with that scratchy voice because my voice sounds a lot better. Um, I hope everybody can even hear me. I'm trying to get confirmation that I can be heard. This is so ghetto. I had to do this in Starbucks instead of the normal studio I use every week. So everything's kind of thrown off. Um, let me see. Let me go ahead and play another song. While I see if I can confirm whether I'm able to get heard or not.
All right, well, we're back. Uh, so, good news, I can be heard. Sorry about that, y'all. Um, Adam went ahead and called in, so let me go ahead and bring him live right now. What's up, Adam? How you doing, bro? Not too bad, my man. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas to you, too, and all the rest of the 49ers faithful out there. Of course, of course, of course. So, um, uh, yesterday, okay, so I actually haven't gotten there, literally, uh, I got a, I'm doing a little ghetto search, uh, studio setup, so if you hear weird noises, because it's sitting in a Starbucks, this is the only thing that's open for Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah. you're trying to get a workout at 24, and they close that too. Oh, uh, the Niners gym actually just um, opened uh, last week, and they were closed at two as well. I was trying to get it working in, in as well. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, so I haven't literally got into anything, but uh, before I start, I, I want to kind of say, of course, I was at yesterday's game. Of course, you know, thank you, Miss Debbie. Of course, as always, in Miss Valley. Lucky dog. Yeah. You know what? It, that, I will say, I know I've come, it seems like I came on every week and, you know, said this, but seriously, bro, like, I'm not kidding. It might have been like 50% Bear fan. Yeah, that's what I was saying yesterday. Uh, yeah. The people was, fall out was, there. It was deep. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I love to sit here and say, oh, my, my, probably. It was, yeah, like, more than the Broncos, more than the um, – so the woman who I sit with, Miss Debbie, she's like my chapter mom. Uh, she uh, has been a season ticket holder all year since uh, the Niners have been at Levi's. And so the only thing that she compared it to herself was uh, the Patriots game, when the Patriots came here. Mm-hmm. She said that that's that's probably the only game that that and she's been to literally every Niner game. So, you know, it, it was it was that that was kind of a little disheartening. But um, so to, that was just kind of my little two cents on that. But um, to get into the game real quick, um, the defense played outstanding. I mean, to give up only fourteen points. Yeah. It was actually a little fun to the game, eh? Yeah, right? The vibe I walked into the game with the feeling of, of course, you know, I'm a very, it's never okay to lose, blah, 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 blah. But I walked into that stadium, you know, at the tailgate and everything. It was a, you know, it was a great tailgate, very Christmassy vibe. You know, we're all taking shots and, you know, everything's all good. And I walked and, and I walked in just not tripping, like, hey, let me just kick back, watch, you know, watch my team ride for the last time this season, you know, mm-hmm. kick back. Yeah, hope for the rock, best, rock, prepare rock, for the team. worst. Yeah, you just and you know, kick back and whatever. Now, we made it a little bit more personal and a little bit more, you know, a little bit more. We we got to do this with with was. I feel that when when a stadium is that split fifty fifty, it uh, you know, it, 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 I don't want to say like tension, like fighting tension, 
because I didn't see any fights, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely jarring going back and forth. And so, that, you know, booze you in know, the air. There was, there was a lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of, like, it, it got a little, I, I started to think he was a little personal. And, you know, kind of just a little insulted. Kind of just like, damn, bro, like, I never experienced that. Like, the burnt was getting thrown around and everything and, you know, whatever. But I, I just have never, like, and, and, and to me, what made it most disheartening was just when, when, when they, you know, started their go, Bears, go, or whatever, you know, chant. It was just yeah. the fact that the, that, that the stadium didn't, like, like, they, it just was accepted. You know, I, I was really? And that, that, that was disheartening. But, yeah, so obviously getting into the more positive aspect is the whole problem I got was, was there was not a point in the game where I felt that we were going to lose. I didn't even feel like yeah. Chicago was a better team. No. I Turnovers hurt us and a couple missed opportunities to get some. Turnovers? But see, can we really? Yeah, it's, it, it's easy. Look, it, it's easy to sit here and say the ball, but let's be honest, that Fon, you know, Nick Mahoney said it was a little bit outside of him. Marky still with me to catch that ball. Yeah, he yeah. definitely, he definitely so allig- allig- uh, alligator armed that one, anticipating possibly a hit. I mean, that's what I noticed, in my opinion. I, I, I didn't see it, and I haven't seen it. It was, it was, they didn't really kind of show it too much. It just looked like he was I'm anticipating a, something instead of full blown running after the catch yeah. kind of a thing, you know? You know what? He was hesitant. He hesitated for a second. That yeah. was enough. And. It's funny because a caller on the KMDR post game show yesterday had made basically a similar comment to what you said. I don't, I don't, from what I saw live and a little bit of the replay and whatever I saw, I don't feel like he just straight up all game, all game arm and footsteps. But I do believe that he anticipated. Yeah. I, I believe yeah, it, it wasn't was, a straight was, up was alligator, so but yeah. With, with so much of Shanahan's. So, everybody wants to use the term West Coast offense nowadays, and I, I think that it's, it's an evolved version of what Bill Walsh used. Nobody uses the same offense Bill Walsh used. It's an evolved, and they think concepts. You know, they take concepts from Bill Walsh. Nobody runs the offense like, you know, football is just evolved too much for that. And so... Yeah. Uh, I so to me, it. I, I feel that it it the so much of the the the, the offense being on timing. I think that's one of the biggest attributes Shanahan uses from Bill Walsh, the timing of the offense. You know, going to a precise area, a precise thing. You know, Bill Walsh. You know, Joe Montana and Steve Young will tell you stories about Bill Walsh hammering in their head. Like, look, it's just a step. It has to be exactly like this. You have to let the ball go. You know, everything was in And so what derailed those offenses was physicality, pushing, you know, and throwing off. You hear about it all the time, throwing off the, their rhythm. And so mm-hmm. the fact that he even slowed down and hesitated that second is what put it in the position. And we, we are more Marquis siblings 
has good hands, but he doesn't have the world's greatest. I'm not going to say he's stone hands, but he doesn't have the, the worst part about hands. that is it would have been first down at their 15, you know. So, yes. I mean, yes. that possibly is a touchdown to win the game. It, it, to me, if not, you lose by two, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 to me, it's easy to point to the Marquise Goodwin interception and the obvious, uh, for lack of better words, just brain fart. Or, 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 or I want to use what Shanahan said in his post game. Because Shanahan was simply asked, look, is the fact is, uh, first of all, Adam, I'm assuming, so I don't want to assume, but uh, I'm, yeah. I, I'm assuming that you think Nick Mullins could have got the first down. I, I, if I had to put my money, you know, on the line or whatnot, I think he would have, if he would have realized from the get-go after pretty much the boot that he had yeah. enough of daylight and he went and did his full you know, best Usain Bull impersonation, I think it would have been just enough. And mm-hmm. if he comes up a half a yard short, then I think he can look at that, right? I mean, that's pretty much the bottom line there. Yeah. I, I think, exactly. I think that, so, okay, so I, I would think Shanahan's approaching angle because it's easy to pick apart these, this game. But but you and me, this is why I think we work so good as co-hosts together. It's because you and me can take a very realistic approach to the game. It is very easy to pick apart those two plays, but you and me are smart enough football fans to know, for smart enough Niner fans to know that going 0 for 3 and the 0 for 4 in the red zone is what cost us the game. Chicago, why, why does Chicago beat us 14 to 9? It's because we kicked three field goals in the red zone, they scored two touchdowns. Essentially, that's what the yeah. game was in a, in, a, in a very simplified nutshell. So it's very easy to pick out two point, uh, two plays in a game, but well, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bigger sense, in a bigger issue, and especially a season-long issue, it's a lack of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They, they killed the game. I feel you. I mean, essentially, well, let's, let's, if we score, go ahead, go ahead. if we score, if we even score a twenty-five percent click, if we score a touchdown, that that's easily the game right there. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I definitely agree with what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, you should have capitalized better in the mm-hmm. red zone, but once again, that Marquise Goodwin, you know, what led to that pick. Yeah. You know, it would have been, like I said, first down at their, like, 14-yard line. So, that's literally one pass away from getting a touchdown. But let's also not forget, this is the, what, number two ranked defense? No, actually the number one ranked defense. Yeah. And let's not forget about Sherman getting ejected. So, Greg Midman slides in. Tarverius Moore, two backup safeties. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go on and on about our circumstances. Yeah, we were at home. But these are the NFC North champs. So, what do you say about the Bears with us being right there, essentially, to the very end? Like, I think – I mean, what are they mediocre? Like, I, th- I thought they were going to be possibly a strong team. You know, maybe they have momentum going to play out. Yeah. But to me, yesterday they looked mediocre as hell. To me, okay, so so we'll need to touch on one point and get just get straight up yes or no. I mean, it, it's a very simple question. You have Matt no Rita, problem, getting hurt again. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, is that a surprise? Caddis getting hurt. I mean, yes, that I think had a big big thing to do with it. Um. Do you have a problem with what Sherman did? I have no problem with what Sherman did. Me neither. Sure, if anything, he was like, you know what, at this point in the season with everything going on, you know, I'm not saying he was thinking about draft positioning as well, but I'm not going to say that. He knew he was going to get a job. Come on. You know, it's a a automatic injection. Yeah. 
Well, I'll put it to you this way. Ronnie Lott had a saying that said, sometimes you just got to take a 15-yarder. You know, sometimes you just got to stick up for your – so, yeah, 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 yeah. But to me, on the Mullins situation, and and, and this is to me – this game to me is a microcosm of you have your garbage, legit, like Cleveland Browns before this year garbage at the college level. But the 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 margin between a playoff team in the Chicago Bears and a team that has, as we speak right now, the third overall pick. It's so razor thin. I mean, if you think about how literally, and, and, and this is the, the issue, is when you take a look and you say the problem, the biggest issue with the Niners this year has obviously been finishing. And yeah. to me, I think... Finish on back-to-back weeks, I think a lot of times... I think a lot of times what we're not looking at as as in, like yesterday, you know, a, a little simple play, and I'm not going to say whether Jimmy G. Cool would have made, you know, I, I can see Jimmy G. Cool. Uh, so to get basically Shanahan said it like this. He said it wasn't an experience. He said it's Nick Mullins being aggressive, and you make plays being aggressive. And he said, look, he made plays being aggressive throughout that game. So, you know, there's, you know, I think the reason sometimes Joe Montana was Joe Montana because at the end of the day he had the cojones to make throws. A lot of people just sometimes didn't have the cojones to make. Yeah. You feel me? I mean, uh, I don't think you can overshit on Nick Mullins. That's for damn sure. Nick Mullins, I love Nick Mullins. Because what's Nick Mullins? Nick Mullins to me is what you – what – I mean, can you win a championship with Nick Mullins? Maybe if the rest of the surrounding cast is fuck nasty. Yes, I, I, I was just about to say, if, if, if this is a, if this is a, I could see almost like a Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick type of, um, not that, that BDN has the, the, the skill set and talent that Kaepernick had, but, you know, the, the kind of, the team, Kaepernick, hit the ground running. Why did Kaepernick hit the ground running? It's because the team around him. Why did you see Kaepernick yep. play the team? And the good old zone read phenomenon. Yes, and and are there I'm, I'm not speaking as far as a political and his I, I've stated my views as far as his politicalness before. But I'm speaking as were there issues with calling Kaepernick's game? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can, yeah. nobody can deny that. I watched, I watched every snap of the brother's career. But what was a bigger issue? Colin Kaepernick, you know, skills deteriorating and people figuring him out, or the team deteriorating around him? I personally think it's more of a, about the team deteriorating around him. I think it's a combination of both, but I'm more still going to put on the quarterback. I'm sorry. We all know how quarterbacks go. They get the most plays at the end of the day, and, you know, they get the the most, too. That's for sure. Uh, You want to hear something kind of cool? Yeah. After 
After seven games, here's some Nick Mullins stats mm-hmm. in case anybody hasn't seen him. He has a 63 and a half yeah, completion yeah, yeah, percentage, five yards mm-hmm. short of being 2,000 yards, seven starts in. Once again, let's remember that it was a seven mm-hmm. start yesterday. Ten touchdowns, yeah. seven picks. We know two, three of those picks probably could have gone the other way if obviously our guys would hold on to it, whatever. Then that 91.2 QBR, not too shabby, eh, for an undrafted guy making a seven start in the second year. I mean. I think to me, to, to basically wrap, wrap up what we were basically saying, and I, I, I think what we were both basically trying to get at is that Nick Mullins, is he a starter? I mean, I, I feel I, I feel him more in a first type of situation where I, I feel like I, I because something about it, because he, he clearly has his limitations. And I think some of it does have to do with lack of experience, the fact that he is young. You know, you can't expect him. You know, people point to Aaron Rodgers and some of the throws that Aaron Rodgers can make. Well, yeah, also because Aaron Rodgers is a grown man. Nick Mullins is 23 years old. You know, Nick Mullins is 23 years old. So you can't expect a a 23-year-old to be as physically strong as a 35-year-old grown man. For sure. So, and, you know, let's not forget somebody like Brett Favre. If you see, if you saw Brett Favre's arms, they were pretty jacked. So, yeah. once again, there's definitely room for Nick Mullins to get stronger and get the waist this offseason and, and, and get a little and good, the, lean mass and get a little, his arm a little stronger. And to get ahead, and to get ahead a little bit to next year. Um, next year, to me, is a great I'm, I'm so excited not necessarily because Jimmy G cool and, and all that to me I think next year is, is when we're going to find out a lot about this this regime a lot about this, this team and, and essentially the core or, or what's developing as the core of, of the Niners going forward uh, not saying players wise but our Ronnie Ross or Joe Montana or Keenan Turner's are you know, franchise players going forward that you feel that are going to be the core of the next, you know, Niners success. I, I feel next year because what are we going to next year in the off season? What are we going to get by keeping CJ Becker and Lawrence? Let's say we keep both of them, we don't trade either of them. At least going into training camp. Now, whether it happens after training camp or whatever, I think we will trade whatever quarterback we don't keep. Whatever so quarterback. Nobody's going to want to trade for a quarterback during training camp. If somebody trades for him, they want to have him for the whole OTAs and that whole runaround. True, 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 true. I didn't think about it. I'll put it to you this way. If, if, let's, let's just theoretically, because see, this is the issue that I have. Is, is, I'm good. The, the, the issue, the issue that I have, the issue that I have is, we both agreed that Nick Mullins won't like make it past waivers. We, we can agree on that. Make it past waivers. Sorry. If, if, uh, if, if Nick Mullins won't make it past waivers. I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. One more time. Oh, my headphones are taking a crap. Um, Nick Mullins oh. is. We we basically both agree that Nick Mullins won't make it past, won't, won't clear waivers next year. He won't be a practice squad quarterback oh, yeah. next year. 100%. We, we, we both agree with that. I think personally, now this is, 
this is of course before seeing play in the preseason and whatnot. Is I think C.J. Better would p- be picked up just off of pred- pedigree and the fact that he he looks the part. You know, I believe some team will 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 go in and say up oh, for just a waiver claim. You know, it, it, yeah. I believe some I team will claim C.J. I, I don't either, because because to me is is so. Uh, on KMBR one time, they had Scott McLuhan on. And as we all know, oh. Scott McLuhan was the one that drafted was, was the one that drafted Alex Smith. And Scott McLuhan said that, that Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the, well, beyond the whole Aaron versus Alex thing, he said that, that around, I believe it was year six or so, basically the year that Harbaugh became was basically when Alex Smith would reach his I don't want to say prime, but his the start of his prime. You know, like he'd essentially really be ready to take off. Yeah, and, he put you know, everything kind of, of together, of, of good surrounding cast, yada exactly, yada. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the the ultimate, the crossing of of of, you know, essentially the Niners got minus maybe two three years in Kansas City. I feel that the Niners got a lot of Alex Smith's best football. Mm-hmm. He, you know, even even if he he doesn't get hurt and finishes the 2012 season, regardless we win the Super Bowl or not, even if he stick around with 2013, I don't think that we were going to get much better with, with play for the style of of offense Harbaugh had. I didn't think we were going to we were going to get much better play out of Alex Smith. You know, he wasn't going to all of a sudden jump the gun. But anyway, basically, so I think that with C.J. Beathard, he might just be that. Because his clear issue is he processes slow. You you can tell he holds on the ball forever, which is why everybody talks about his toughness. He's clearly not not for the process of seeing it and somebody's open, and then boom, I'm letting the ball go. There's clearly I don't want to say disconnect because that makes it seem like he's slow. I don't think he's retarded. I, I think he's I think he's smart. It's just he's clearly not seeing something. And I think that that I find it very hard to believe that if you work hard at something, that you're going to get worse. Like you know, you're only going to get better through hard work. And I don't believe sure. that Shanahan and Lynch, Shanahan and Lynch aren't going to sit there and, and their whole regime basically preached off of we want the right type of character guys. We want guys that work hard. And, and then C.J. Beathard slacking off. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I believe that he worked yeah. hard and, 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 you know. So, essentially, what are we going to get next year and next offseason throughout training camp? Because we all agree that there well, will be a Let me ask you this question. Go ahead. How do you feel? We've seen when C.J. went in this year, like against the Chargers, whatever. Yeah. Like, that easily could have been a victory if it wasn't for darn-ass yeah. uh, Garrett Selleck. But uh, he's had his good moments, yeah. right? And obviously he's had some of his mm-hmm. bad ones. But mm-hmm. how do you – what percentage, not that you need to specifically put one on there, I think another reason why you might pull the trigger, like say on a, th- a high third-round pick that would be like a top 70, mm-hmm. 75 or something like that, is a reason to possibly pull the trigger is because the old hardball saying sometimes you got to strike when the iron is hot. So I think you can also take yeah. it for granted of the possibility of Nick Mullins possibly regressing. I say it. I'm just throwing that out there maybe. It's a possibility. I don't know what percentage. But it's a possibility, right? And here's another thing. What if well, you throw yeah. like a fourth 
that fourth round pick, and maybe you get a second round pick. Does that make it a lot more intriguing whole, for people? I mean, I mean, my whole thing about it is, is to me, is uh, this is the main question, and I think that you know, ideally they would want to do it as late as possible. Ideally, the draft, the week leading up to the draft, i.e. maybe, so if you're going to trade a third rounder, i.e. maybe the night before the third round, like, you know what I'm saying, that type of time frame. I think they want, during the draft. I I think what they want is they want to get a look at C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. I mean, don't they get a look at him every practice, though? Well, 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 yeah, but but just hear me but out. Maybe and, an off, and because the that issue he gets to work on things exactly, exactly. Because the okay. issue, the right. issue is, the issue is, is like you said, no team's going to want to trade from after after. You know, you're not going to essentially want to. I fully agree with you, you Adam. Put him in the best position. Your quarterback, to your quarterback needs to be field. able. Exactly, your quarterback needs to be able to, to. Your quarterback basically needs as much time in the offense as possible, as as, as NFL gotcha. rules allow you. Right. So that that's the issue. And so to me, is it, I think they want to get a look at him, and then they want to say, and our belief and our estimation, Kyle Shanahan as an offensive talent evaluator, John Lynch is a talent evaluator, is the drop off between C.J. Beathard and Mick Mullins that great? You know that it's then basically what's the best for the franchise is a so so let's well, say a team calls let's say let's say a team calls and says hey we're interested in Mullins we'll give let's you say it's the Giants. a third I think rounder I think that's Nick Mullins' best okay, fit the Giants. with all the weapons they have okay in my opinion perfect the Giants the Giants call you up say hey let's swap third round or we'll give you a third rounder maybe we'll swap fourth round what about throwing like five? a seven. Three and a five. We okay, okay. Fifth. Three and a five, and then maybe we swap six rounders. You know, sure. maybe something just just, okay. just to throw in something random because usually random shit like that happens, right? <laughs> that one pick where yeah, you're like, why it. the hell did you do that? Like, you know, and, and yeah. we all know it's basically because it's based off a point system. You know, each team doesn't want to feel like they're getting screwed. Oh, for sure. If the drop, if they feel that the, 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 the drop off between Nick Mullins and CJ Bethard, isn't that far? Hell yeah, pull the trigger. Because if they feel like, look, if, if they essentially go into next season saying, look, regardless, Jimmy Z, who goes down, we're fucked. Regardless, then yeah, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. You know, but if they feel like, hey, look, the drop, there is a drop off. There's going to, regardless, there's between CJ Beathard and Nick Moore, there's going to be a drop off between them and Jimmy Z, cool. The reason exactly. people got $137 million. So, to me, the, the, the drop-off between the two quarterbacks is going to be there. So, but if they go in saying, look, Nick Mullins, you know, the drop-off between Jimmy G. Cool and C.J. Beathard is greater than the drop-off between uh, Jimmy G. Cool and, you know, Nick Mullins. Basically, you know, Nick Mullins is essentially the better quarterback and the drop-off less great. And let's, let's let's maybe throw in a factor that during this time, ideally you would want to see Jimmy Garoppolo 
starts to at least stand still and throw and starts to maybe do – not some practice and everything, but, you know, start to do some type of activities where you could see as far as, as – obviously you can't fully tell, but you could see some signs mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you know, this is going positive. Because yeah. unless you see something that fully says that, yes, we believe that we can get 16 games out of Jimmy G. Cool, you have to go in imagining that your backup quarterback is going to at least play some time. For sure. And let me bring up this point, if I may. Go ahead. In my opinion, the reason why Nick Foles, in my opinion, Nick Foles didn't get traded this mm-hmm. uh, this offseason, and I think that's part of the whole shebang-bang of why every 49er fans, because Nick Foles is pretty much like, no, keep Mullins, keep Mullins. And I understand that. I'm not saying Nick Mullins is a nobody, but obviously we got full faith in Shanahan to make that decision. But in my opinion, yeah. Carson Wentz tore, tore his ACL against the Rams like in week 14. Jimmy tore what mm-hmm. his in mm-hmm. week four, I believe. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the reason why they had to hold on to Foles is because it was going to be a mystery mm-hmm. if Wentz was going to be ready for the opener. And obviously he wasn't ready. But Jimmy's going to be fully ready for OTAs and that whole, yeah, yeah. that whole deal, in my opinion. So it's a different situation. I mean, the whole thing about it is, is that's what everybody was saying is the quote-unquote blessing of this was that it happened so early in the season. You know? Exactly. And so – you know, the quote unquote. Well, I was so worried about Pettis yesterday. My thing about like, it is, please, God. Is, is, yeah, thank you, right? So, my whole thing about it is, is look, I, I'm just talking about, you know, worst case scenario. If Jimmy G. Cool sure. does not have a setback, he will be our starting quarterback week one of next season. Hell, sure. he'll be ready for training camp. He'll be ready for OTAs, probably. You know, I think so. so I, I'm barring, yeah, barring yeah, you know, a step back. He will, be, he will be there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, he'll definitely be there. So, I mean, this is, of course, everything barring setbacks is, is, is of course. But, you know, my whole thing about it is, 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 is kind of like how I felt that I, I told you, I've been saying the last couple shows how I didn't want to go into next year wondering about any position or any player on the roster and not feeling like, hey, we're good, we're set. You know, I don't want to go into any offseason feeling that there's any position that we can't upgrade on except maybe obviously backup quarterback. Now, that's not saying that we're going to go get a running back and we're going to get – no, there's probably obviously positions that we're not going to quote-unquote upgrade at. We're not going to upgrade at center. Could we upgrade at center? Probably not because who's going to be available? You know, uh, we yeah. probably can't upgrade at center. Could we upgrade at guard? Sure, probably. But, you know, I mean, are we? Probably not. Can't have pro you know anywhere, so, but of course, you always want to look to upgrade. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if by any means, and of course, this is a thing that I, I do respect about the Lynchahan era, is that they're not afraid to turn over the roster. They're not afraid to to evaluate and improve any move that they feel makes this a better football team, they will make, you know, and I like that. That, 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 that to me, I respect it. I, I feel that, look, I hate to admit this because, you know, this will give the kind of Lynch and Shanahan, the Lynchahan, you know, haters, I believe a little bit of fuel, but fire is, I believe we were fueled, full. 
I believe we walked in thinking, okay, cool, Adrian Colbert starting free safety. All right, Jaquaski's heart starting strong safety. Cool. You know, Richard Sherman, Akilah Witherspoon. All right, we're good there. Cash, you know, and we attacked, you know, center, guard, whatever. And mm-hmm. now I feel that I'm not saying that. I felt like, like I'm not saying that John Lynch could be Adrian Colbert's going to be a pro. I totally smell what you're cooking. It was a little too much of a hand, uh, a handover of the job type of a deal. Yeah, I feel that you know. I think they were just trying to give young players a little confidence, like, hey, this job is yours to lose, kind of a thing. You know, get them all, get their confidence all sky high, and uh, that whole deal. And uh, and I think Shanahan has mentioned something along the lines of, and obviously you saw it throughout the season, where especially more so in the later second half of the season. Um, of He made some type of comment of, like, pretty much handing the job. Like, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, like, something along the lines of he learned that you can't really do that, and you got to obviously make guys feel like they got to bring it every single practice, essentially, because yeah. nothing is going to be guaranteed from now on. And this is the, the thing that I, I think is on Kyle Shanahan. As essentially, he gives all of us faithful uh, a football witty when it comes to offense and his ability to scheme up offense. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who knows anything about offense for this franchise, we're always going to get more of a football witty than any other franchise because of our history and our past. You know? Yeah. And that's not even to Bill Walsh. I'm talking about the million-dollar backfield. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about way back in the day. Yeah. You know, this has always been an offensive franchise. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me, it's the head coach. And people sometimes have this idea of, you know, Shanahan going to all his defensive coaches and saying, okay, y'all take care of the defense and I'm not going to worry about it. Never. You know, there's there's duties as a head coach that we as fans don't see. Things that come up, you know, just, just with any type of promotion, there's going to be things that come up. Because guess what? Offensively, defensively, you know, whatever, decisions are up to you. You know? Decisions are yeah. up to you. So you're the head coach. So if you need to make, uh, for example, um, if you need to make a decision about suspending a player for a game, it doesn't matter if it's an offensive or defensive, you know, position. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to give, of course, your defensive or offensive, you know, whatever are going to give your opinion. But ultimately people are saying, okay, coach, you know, what do you want to do? And that's new to him. Um, yeah, I know him and his father have probably had many long conversations over yeah, the years. I was about to bring that up. But it's it, it's one thing to be told something. It's one thing to go to go through it yourself. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, so I, I believe – the, the, the reason, getting back to the reason why I said I'm really excited about this year is I feel that we're going to find out a lot, a lot about Shanahan as a coach. You uh, know, okay, Shanahan, 
people kind of give you a pass or, or at least have given you this third year. I think any faithful, most reasonable faithful believe that, that know that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan will be here at least one more season. You know, there'll be no talk. That we regard that's just they're not getting rid of them this season. And really, honestly, yeah. you know, I'll admit I came out and I said some things, and you know, I thought Robert Sala was gone, but I will come out here and I will say, obviously, because of the way the defense has played, uh, they're obviously sure. keeping Robert Sala. The yeah, only possible minute chance, minute chance. I could see them getting rid of Solar, or maybe not even having like an assistant head coach slash defensive head assistant, you know, some type of thing. Is if like maybe Todd Bowles or or somebody of that elk, oh, Dan Quinn. We both spoke about Dan Quinn. Yeah. Um, Cutting off my mouth. Somebody that will who will be an assistant type of uh you know. And so I I say that like to me it's not so much oh the defense is like well I haven't seen so I didn't see too many times yesterday, if any, none that really stick out of my mind. Well, I saw somebody open by 15 yards and a bunch of defenders looking around at each other like, where were you? Mm. You know, I didn't see that at yesterday's game. For sure. Um, Which is once again very impressive you know, with freaking seven new starters yesterday. Compared uh, to the week Shanahan, one lineup once again. Well, yeah, yeah. Shanahan spoke about continuity. He spoke on his uh, press game, uh, his pressure after the game, about how, you know, Marcel Harris, I think we'll learn, Marcel Harris, I think Marcel Harris is the 2018 version of Adrian Colbert. <laughs> I think that, you know, it's a little easier position, it's not season. as much thinking, so I believe in I feel oh, more yeah. confident about him compared to, like, say, Colbert last year. But, yeah, we were all on the high train. But, you know, well, it's a little different, obviously. Well, a lot I'm more responsibility. Is, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally different positions. Um, and also, I think what doesn't get told about Colbert is he was a corner who, because of injuries mm-hmm. in training camp, got switched to safety. Yeah. He was drafted to be the same a in college too, if I'm not mistaken. So he never has had continuity exactly. for like you know five years or whatever it was. Exactly. He, you know, fully and transitioned. Four years. If whatever. I have, and I'm not saying it's going to work. It seems to be working a little bit for Tra- uh, Traverius Moore and DJ Reed a little bit. But my thing is, I think that. Is if I have one knock, or I shouldn't say knock, one concern is that Team ACL 
Uh, to me, I'm not saying that Contavious Street has to be a superstar, you know. He's our answer at Edge and, you know, yeah. all that. But I want to see – I want to see Contavious Street on the field next year. I want yeah. to see my goal for him is to be a push starter at this moment. You know, just try to compete yeah. for that left end, big end job. That's pretty much about it. You know, I want to see him on the field. You know, and I'll be, and maybe not to start the season because he is coming after an injury and things. Oh, yeah. But yeah, well, push a push starter is going to run here and there. Is, so yeah, for sure. Is the switching position thing? Because well. To me, are we talking about the DPs yeah, right now? Or are you talking about street? Uh, just, just in general. Like, for example, okay. This is my whole thing about it is, it's almost like NFL teams talk out of both sides of their mouth. And when I say they talk out of both sides of their mouth, is that all football players, coaches, everybody will tell you, you know, it's about reps. You know, getting as many reps as possible. And so, it's almost like with Solomon Thomas is, you know, he's an end, he's an inside, he's end, he's inside. And I'm not saying that he that's not his, you know, where he best fits the team and, and all that, but almost just, you know, stick to one position and one goal. Yeah. It's... It, I'll admit that I'm scarred for previous regi- regimes. You know, like like we all know, Team ACL, Trent Bulky, we're, we're we're all scarred from from that. And, and this, I'm just concerned because, to me, like I told everybody leaving the game yesterday, some of the faithful I was talking to, I said, "Look, I'm not mad that we're three at eleven. Honestly." To me, if you told me that if at the beginning of the season, if you told me Jimmy G. Cool would be out of it, playoffs weren't an option. You know, if you if if I were to tell you, Adam, hey, Jimmy G. Cool gets hurt week three. You know, um, Jarek McKinnon gone, Brita in and out. You know, uh, Marquis Goodwin in and out, Pierre Gasson non-factor. Everything that we've gone through this season. Would you rather go eight and eight, nine and seven, or four and twelve and get a top five pick? You know, either or, I guess. You know, as if it's eight and eight, nine and seven sounds chill, and obviously the draft pick sounds chill as well. I mean, uh, it's a very tough question right there. I mean, I'm just once again, I'm always, I, I'm always the type of guy of hope for the best and yeah. hope for the worst. Yeah. So obviously, the way the season has been going and some of these tough losses that we kind of had yesterday didn't sting as much because. Mm-hmm. These are the NFC North champs. So I'm like, really, like, how the hell? Is, yeah. How good are you guys now? Obviously, we kind of, I feel yeah, like we kind of took that one away. God knows what happens if good one doesn't bobble that. But uh, you know, what you saw, it is how, what, it is. what I felt. Well, to me, I would have took the draft pick. I would have took the draft because uh, to me, I'm saying, I'm, 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 uh, look, like I said yesterday to a bunch of Bears fans. To okay, so. I'm going to have to go on one of my little mini rants because what I'm really <laughs> sick of is I'm really sick of uh-huh. people who have literally never watched their team win a championship in their life all of a sudden acting like they're the greatest things ever. 
Like, yeah. like okay, congratulations, y'all going to the playoffs. Like that's that's what's up. Hey, cool. But you know, it, it's easy for y'all to laugh and and everything. And, oh, you know, four and ten, and hey, you know what? At the end of the day. Do the Bears have a shot? Yeah, they do really got a pretty good defense. They essentially, it's yeah. so funny because essentially they kind of remind me so much of the Niners of Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. They essentially, yeah, they essentially, you ask me, now I'm not going to say that I'm a master at Chicago Bears football, but you ask me, what did I see out of the Bears yesterday? You know who eerily they reminded me of? The Harbaugh era Niners, mm. kind of opportunistic, you know what I'm saying? Great defense, hold the other team to field goals, you know, score opportunistically. Yeah. I don't want right? to be a dick either, but uh, I hate to say it, we we didn't win a chip under him, so I always thank him for yeah. what you brought, true, 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 you know, giving us success. But we never won shit at the end of the day. You, look, Adam, nobody agrees with you more. I think that I was talking to some other faithful who are on the hardball with overrated club, you know, and and I agreed with them to the census. I said, look, I believe that hardball can't – I really do honestly believe hardball can't win the big game. You yeah, know, whatever game that matters the most – coordinators. He needs great coordinators, you know, like other kind of guys, like Dick Vermeil and stuff like that. Those guys are like kind of good head coaches, but they don't bring enough from an X and O standpoint, in my opinion. To me, to me, it was just there was a reason, except for it. Just you know, I, he won some big games, but I think Harbaugh was a great. I I, th- I agree with you. Probably Harbaugh should add some more. He he would have been great if he had like let's say a Kyle Shanahan. Just just for example, not oh, saying yeah. with Kyle. Oh, championship for but sure. You know what I'm saying? Because Harbaugh was great. Uh, Harbaugh was a great motivator. Harbaugh was great at get, at making you give every single ounce that you had, and making you believe in yourself. He was a great leader. To for me, sure, you, you, I agree. The the issue to Harbaugh was. There was nothing that made him stand out. You never said you never said the words Jim Harbaugh's innovative. Jim Harbaugh right. I mean, honestly, is the, one of the greatest offensive on minds in the game. Jack the zone read well, and Chris Alt. That was it. But but like but but you see what I'm saying? You you never you never heard about Harbaugh getting talked about like one of the greatest offensive minds of the game. No. And essentially, that's what bit us in the ass in the Super Bowl. I, if clearly, if Harbaugh is it like, if Kyle Shanahan is put in that same position, I believe that we make the play because I believe that. Our, I believe our red zone issues aren't so much schematic. I believe a lot of deep, uh, a lot of offensive red zone issues are talent based. Uh, yeah, definitely you personnel. Know. Whoever doesn't agree, personnel has a big factor on that. Is they, I got to question their football card and might take it away at the same time. Like 
let's let's not overly be extreme. Just like, oh, they're not agreeing in the red zone. Well, once again, like you always gotta understand circumstances. You know, like you just you just have to. And if you don't, you're you're a stubborn and ignorant person just trying to run away with your own narrative. In my opinion, not you personally. I'm saying those people out there. Oh, you know that's easy. This is my thing about it is, is that I, I use Atlanta as an example. Okay, now I, I personally don't know. So to me, it, it, I don't know this. I'm going off of a lot of you know gut and what I feel, and you know what I've seen. So for all I know, if you look back at you know his time at Washington and Cleveland and even Atlanta, and you see consistently that those teams have been have struggled in the red zone. Then, by all means, yeah, he probably you know there might be some issues. I, I don't believe that they would. It doesn't make sense to me. So, <clears throat> this is why I say it's it's talent based. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that you know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are great talent evaluators. I, I think they personally, I think that we will. I think. If if you say that we don't have enough talent as a team, and let's let's say two years from now we're still sitting in a position where we feel we don't have a lot of talent on the roster, I believe it will be more defensive deficiencies than offense because I believe Kyle Shanahan knows what he wants and knows how to identify players that have what he wants. You know, so my the how I feel is that. You saw what Kyle Shanahan did when he had a Matt Ryan, okay, i.e. Jimmy G. Cool. And you saw what he did with a, you know, two running back system, Devontae Freeman, you know, uh, i.e. Jarek McKinnon, Matt Burita. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, i.e. George Kittle. Now, so, so you throw in a Julio Jones, and then all of a sudden you saw what he did in Atlanta. That that's clearly what got him the job was what he did in Atlanta. Now to mm-hmm. now I'm not an expert on Atlanta Falcons football, but I don't think they've been the same offense offensively since Kyle Shanahan no, lost. You know, two years ago they were in the sure. Super Bowl. You know, the, two years ago they were in the Super Bowl. I don't think they've even made the playoffs since he left. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see them going anywhere long term, to be honest with you. Unless uh, you know, Sarkeesian. I don't know. Out of how is he almost peaked? And like once again, their offense overall. Like not, the numbers say that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are doing great, but like what about everybody else? Kind of a thing. Uh, it's not adding up. Well, they, they've had a lot of injuries too. To be fair, you know, what I mean, we're not going to be the only ones over here talking about it. They got depleted kind of early. I wouldn't say depleted. They started getting injury yeah. bug really early too. So. Uh, I'm obviously they're gonna give him next year. I understand that. I, 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 look, I understand that, but cry me a river, because you know it, it's funny that nobody gives a shit about us, right? You, 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 and it's funny because offensively, look, we're I'm, I'm not sitting there saying that we're an offensive juggernaut. The a lot of times this year, not being able to move the ball or, or score, basically, mm. have been the reasons we lost some games. Um, turnovers, things like that. But, look, the problem with the team is not offensively. Is that, you know, cry me a river because 
you know, George Kittle seems to be having a you know record-breaking season, and that's with three mm-hmm. different quarterbacks. You know, so my, the point about it is that I'm not saying that, that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are probably putting up Matt numbers because they're Matt Jones and Julio Ryan. You know, good NFL players. Julio Jones and Matt mm-hmm. Ryan were going to be good no matter who was their offensive coordinator. But like you said, sure. The other aspects of the offense, you know, how's that doing? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they've had too many different players in two years, by the way, that he's been gone. My, my, my point about it is I'm, I'm not going to say that the reason that they haven't made the playoffs is just because Kyle Shanahan. No, there's probably a lot of other issues. But you can't tell me that he doesn't have a chunk of it. You know, so so my whole thing about it is is the reason I'm excited for next year is because I really feel that we'll have some pieces. So I I feel that at the end of next year we'll be able to point and say, you know what? Not that we'll be in the playoffs or whatever, but you'll just be able to sit there and say, look, this is definitely going in the right direction. Mm. And where sure. I've heard a lot of football people. I've heard a lot of football people say that it's easier to go from two and fourteen to eight and eight than it is to go from eight and eight to four and twelve. You know, yeah. That sometimes it's easier to make that. You know, even though that they're like, okay, so for example, you know, the difference between going four and twelve like we will this year and eight and eight is the same as going eight and eight. And four and twelve, uh, and um, twelve and four. They're both a four-game swing, but sometimes it's easier to go from four and twelve or eight and eight to you know what I'm saying. Sometimes that that's easier, and so I feel that there'll be reasons to point why this thing is moving in the right direction, and so for sure, or things will be continued to fall apart. And then there'll be reasons to sit there and say, you know, okay, what's going on? Like, you know, next year we might – Jimmy Garoppolo might have come out next year and have a bad season. You know, we're not – we obviously as faithful don't believe that. We believe that he's going to come out. But guess what? There's a lot of things we believe this season and how did that turn out? We we just don't know. At the end of the day, we we have belief and we may have facts and reasons to back it up. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we just simply don't know. And so, this is all belief. Now, I believe in Shanahan and Lynch. I believe that we will get the players. I do believe that we will address issues. I do believe that they learned their lesson. I believe that they'll go in and any position that they feel they can back up at or upgrade at, they'll upgrade and at least say, Hey, look, at least at the worst comes the worst, it's created a competition. Right. Because it's not necessarily that I don't – there are some, you know, plenty of positions on the team, but there's some – like, look, Joe Staley is going to be our left starting tackle next year. Mike McGlinchey is going to be our right tackle. Uh, uh, Weston, you know, Rich Burton is going to be our center. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I believe – I believe Lincoln Tomlinson will be our, our, our tackle. Maybe person doesn't Go, come back, maybe. But, well, left guard, sorry, yeah. I said right guard. Yeah. Um, I think both guys are but basically, still, but I believe you can possibly upgrade. 
I'll say that. But so I, to me, the issue with the Niners and what we need to focus on, at least offensively and maybe some defensively, is is yeah, there's probably a position where we could you know do the upgrade as far as starters is. But I think that we really have, and which you're going to see a little bit in next year, but even more in 2020, is we need to build up our depth. Yeah. Is I think that's more. I think that that's more the issue with this team than you well, know. I don't I think mean, we're with all the injuries we've dealt with. I don't think we're, you don't think the guys who have stepped in have done all right. No, I'm not saying that at all. I, like I don't think we're as far off as we seem. Okay, so to me, like, okay, for example, let's just say Akilio Witherspoon versus Tavarius Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, or, or okay, I, I won't choose that one. Uh, Jaquaski Tart versus Marcel Harris. Mm. Now, people are going to call me biased because I'm a Gator, and he's a Gator as well, but I'm going to say Marshall Harris. Just Not that we should cut Jaquaski Tart, you know, but it should be a competition because I don't feel the drop-off is that significant. And minus the beginning of the season, which, by the way, he was hurt when he was drafted, Marshall Harris hasn't proved, has proved to me that he can be on the field. For sure. And I think it's starting to get to the point. Everybody wants to talk about Jimmy Ward. You know, and, and this literally, he has never not spent a season on, on injury reserve. But how about Jaquaski Tart? Like, Jaquaski Tart kind of seems like a pass because he was never really a starter. He was always just that more tweener player that maybe they might bring in in a certain package or maybe if Eric Reed had some of his, you know, injury issues, they would bring him in. But nobody really talked about Jaquaski Tart because until before this year, or really before last year when Jimmy Ward was hurt, Jaquaski Tart wasn't a starter. And so now maybe you could say that it had a little bit to do with the fact that he was hurt because he was a second-round pick. You know, Jaquaski Tart was a was a second-round yeah. pick. But I had some You're putting questions. off my man. You oh, sorry. I I, I think they have, I think they have um, some questions. It, it's just I don't want to give up on Jaquaski Tart. I don't want to give up on Adrian Colbert. No. I don't want to say that no. they're not contributors to this team. I do believe that they can be contributors. I do believe that Adrian Colbert can make an impact on special teams. You know, I think sure. now whether it was injuries or confidence. To me, people say, what's the biggest difference between Adrian Colbert, let's say, last five games this year, to Adrian Colbert this year? Um, Now, without having watched film and breakdown positioning and angles and all that, I would say confidence. I would say last year he was flying around and knocking people out. And this year, I just feel like he didn't – he wasn't the same type of player for whatever reason. You know, I can't yeah. name one time that Adrian Colbert gave you a what Ronnie Lott called a woo lick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Where and everybody honestly, goes, hits are cool and all, but we all care about coverage a little more. And I think that's partial due to well, experience and pressure. You know, got, for mm-hmm. example, you know, the play against the Chiefs where he got, like, he literally stumbled upon mm-hmm. the ground 
um, when he was, I think, chasing after Hill, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it was one of those things, you know, just kind of tell, like, a little inexperience, a little pressure. And uh, that's why I think, hopefully, the time off is good for him where, you know, he can try to master this defense or whatnot. But the only way, the only way I see Jimmy Ward coming back next year for free safety competition, maybe a little corner insurance as well. The only way I see him coming back yeah. is if, if the 49ers strike out on Earl Thomas, Tyrant Matthew, and HaHa Clinton-Dix. Those are my top three targets for free safety. So I, I think that's yeah. the only way he gets brought back. If you strike out on free agency, they want a little extra insurance, so, and maybe then they try to take one of the drafts. I don't know. How, how would you feel – how do you think the market's going to be for – I would say Jimmy – See to me because because it, it, it's a it, it, it's to me I I don't think his market is going to be very strong because no I he might just be waiting around for a phone because, call like yo let us do our it, thing for a second we'll we'll call you as soon as possible yeah I think that that to me I think you know how you have those players where you're just like. How is he not signed? And then maybe somebody goes down, and he's one of the first players that signed. Yeah, I think that that might be a Jimmy Ward next year. I don't, I because to me, I think, I think what's going to scare teams off the most is his durability issues. So he's going to yeah. have to do one or two. His basic bet is he's either going to have to take up take a low contract. Because he's because nobody's gonna make him a starter. Nobody's gonna give him starter money. You Unless know. you're kind of desperate, so gonna, you know. Like I can, I was thinking about all the covered three teams. I, you yeah, know, injury. there's the Jags, there's the Chargers, there's the Seahawks. But uh, I can't see him being a priority. But maybe. Yeah, like I, I, said, don't, I don't. know why you would want to leave. I think you'd rather stay in the system. Once again, yes, yes, there is other systems like ours. But I think you'd rather stay. I, I obviously, mean, if the opportunity is there. Well, I believe, like, look, like, look, do I do I believe Jimmy Ward right now is one of our best eleven players on defense? If you forget injuries and all that, yes, I do. I believe Jimmy Ward, talent wise, <coughs> and <coughs> how he's played when he's been on the field, he has his issues, but everybody does. Um, yeah, I believe he's now. That doesn't mean I can't be upgraded. So after we make our priority, like you, you threw out a, uh, Earl Thomas, for example. So yeah. let's say we saw Earl Thomas first day of free agency. We, you know, Sherman basically calls him uh, Earl Thomas. I would feel so what, good. What, 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 what would you take? What would it take? You know, I, I feel good about it because I can see – uh, you, you you know the the what's the old saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that let's go re-sign every player that Seattle gets rid of, like they've done with us. You know, but no. I'm not opposed to signing Earl Thomas. I was personally, I was more, um, I was more concerned about signing. Uh, more offended at signing Richard Sherman than Earl Thomas just because yeah. Richard Sherman's play against the Niners. It's been Richard Sherman as, as all far history. as my, well, well, as far as my hatred with the Seacocks, it has always been more Richard Sherman than it has been Earl Thomas. 
you know, it wasn't Earl Thomas that was eating turkey on the 50-yard line. It wasn't Earl Thomas that was doing the choke sign and, you know, all the – it was Richard Sherman. So, yeah. Well, let's not get into it. A lot of that had to do with Harbaugh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He will admit that it wasn't necessarily so much anti-Niner, that it was so uh, very anti-Harbaugh. I, I will admit that. Yeah. And anti-Crabtree. Anti-Crabtree. So, uh, I feel that – I don't mind Earl Thomas. I feel that getting motivated, uh, a motivated Sheacock, ex-Sheacock, to play against them twice a year, which I believe that Jimmy G. Cool in Seattle I, – I believe we're going to win in Seattle next year. I do believe that. And, For sure. And hey, we, so, people forget yeah, last year we lost I, to them by four points, maybe three, yeah. in like week three, the so first year, the regime and all that. Exactly. Lawyers, garbage and I feel that – and I feel that this year it was more of look who we put on the field. Like – Okay, um, let's see. You have – just look at our, our skill positions, the most important positions on offense, um, running back, mm-hmm. quarterback, receiver, right? What's the most important defensive yep. uh, positions on defense? Middle linebacker, edge rusher, safety. Well, I think it was more if you compare – look, teams that had way better talent, Niner teams that had Colin Kaepernick, Michael Crabtree, you know, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, like, way better than other teams went into Seattle and struggled. Yeah. Well, you know, so I think it's – Let's not forget in 2011, a lot, several of those guys weren't household names whatsoever. You know what I mean? They, they obviously yeah, – yeah, yeah, of course. We, I mean, here's the breaking news. Your team gets better, you get more exposure. 2011 was the last time we won People that. recognize you more. You become a household name. Of course. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, the, the whole basically the whole thing about it is is that I believe that we'll have better talent next year, and it'll be a sure. more fighting chance, you know. And, and so, I and I, I believe that you know why Jimmy G. Cool hasn't played a game in Seattle. I believe that the core of the Niners getting mature and having players have played in Seattle before, and I, I think we'll have more of a fighting chance than you know previous years. I think it will be more closer yeah. to last year's game than this year's game in Seattle. You know, and I believe that having a better quarterback, basically I'm looking at what would have been the difference in 2017 versus this year. Jimmy G. Cool. Jimmy G. Cool is a better quarterback than Brian Hoyer. So I believe that Jimmy yeah. G. Cool would have been able to get the necessary touchdown that Brian Hoyer wasn't able to get just because simply Jimmy yeah. G. Cool is a better quarterback. And so that that's yeah. basically what my theory is based on. So I have no problem bringing in a motivated Earl Thomas as a short-term solution. I feel that free agency, to me, is, I think that the Niners were genius in how they handled free agency in 2017. They brought in Pierre Gasson. Pierre Gasson wasn't a long-term solution. Pierre Gasson was basically looked at as in by 2019, we're probably going to have somebody to replace Pierre Gasson. Correct. Right. Malcolm yeah, Smith was brought in with the idea. Get caught up in the overall numbers. Like you look at two years exactly. of the guaranteed money is essentially what it comes down to out of the four years, and that's it. Like so, you're always exactly. pretty much hoping that they're at a stopgap. Always, pretty much. Malcolm Smith was brought in with the idea of 
hey, guess what? By 2019, 2020, we'll have a replacement for Malcolm Smith. So it, let's right. just say we go get a veteran edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was a, hey, let's win now. Let's get good players. Let's win game. You know, let's – because you obviously know the mentality of the team during free agency. Let's win. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get good players, players that can help us win. But also players that, hey, in a year, two years, we'll have replacements for. There's a reason that yeah. – that, 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 so, Okay. Uh, real quick, before we, we go ahead and, and wrap up, we kind of did an extension Christmas version, but I'm pretty sure you got, you know, Christmas things you got to get to. I got Christmas things I got to get to uh, before we do game bowls and all that. Um, so, as we sit right now, um, I think number one overall pick is going to be difficult. I think, we'll, I think we'll have a better shot at getting the second overall pick than we do the first. To ask yeah. the Raiders well, and for to ask the Cardinals and the Traders to win, uh, basically well, one more crazy. game. I mean, I think the Raiders got a shot tonight, and obviously if they win, then we should be, we bump ourselves too. up to number two. I, yeah, exactly. I it's do like believe that, 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 that the Raiders, Christmas, yeah, Raiders fans are thirsty. Last last home game in Oakland, you know, yeah. Yeah. arch rival. I I do believe I I believe. I can see it almost being like a game with us with the Sheacocks. In a horrible season, you get rally around to beat your one time, you know, your biggest rival. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like yeah. the, the Sheacocks. And you, I, I fully believe, like, the atmosphere. I mean, I bet you right now, but it's, it's nuts at the Coliseum as far as the tailgates. Well, everybody's watching is my mentality. So you can't get out embarrassed. You literally have to – you cannot have, like, a low-key tank-a-thong type of game tonight. Like, you literally – you got to be able to bring it. Like, yeah, you have to bring it. Yeah, they quit on us in the second half. But I think it's a little different tonight, day before Christmas, too. Yeah, most definitely. So, I mean, that's what I said. I believe that we will – if I'm a betting man, I believe we'll get the second pick. If, 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 I hope so. I'll put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. Um, it, it's depending tonight. Well, you know, the Rams have to be this next week. They, they can't yeah, exactly. rest their starters because they're exactly. uh, fighting the Bears exactly. for, uh, for, uh, for a first-round bias, which is good news for us. Exactly. But um, I believe basically the best chance for the Cardinals or the, the Traders to, lose, to win is today with the Raiders, which would obviously yeah. bump us up to the second pick. If the Raiders lose to today, I would bet my money on us having the third pick. I don't think either mm-hmm. team is going to win next week. You know, that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. There are yeah. reasons well, to believe. Like yes, I, yes, I, I could I see Arizona beating clinched. Seattle. I think the Chiefs clinch and they play the Raiders next week. So I don't yeah, know if yeah, they're going to yeah, play the exactly. I could see. I could see some fluke things happening. I'm just saying, as far as. If we were to put money to get on it, I would put my money on today. That that's just well, what I, mean, I, like, what I yeah. feel most comfortable with. To a Raider you know, win today uh, might uh, lock us into number two. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty that's that's pretty much how I'm. That's pretty much how I'm feeling. You know, barring us losing next week, you know that's how I'm feeling. They, they play well, the Seahawks number two. They play the Cardinals play the Seahawks exactly. next week, and the Seahawks just clinch. Uh, so exactly. 
So my question, maybe they prefer a certain matchup, you, is, you know? Uh, maybe. Go on, I'm sorry. My, my my question, my question to you is, we sit at number two. Nick Bosa's gone. Nick, let's just say it's the the Cardinals and they pick Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nick Bosa's gone. What's your what? John Lynch calls you and says, "Hey, what should we do here? What's your ideal scenario?" Well, here's what I will go ahead and say. Well, right before answering your question, I'm sorry. So let's just say yeah, the Raiders win tonight. Next week, everybody loses. We're locked in at number two, right? Let's just say the Cardinals ended up uh, yeah. securing number one. They need a tackle very, very yeah. bad, in my own personal opinion. And having Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. you know, they might like another edge rusher later. I think they're going to trade mm-hmm. down and either to a quarterback-hungry team. Um, It could be somebody for Bosa. I don't see that after the Raiders trading a bunch of picks, then packaging up, like, obviously the picks they just got after trading back and all that to go up to number yeah. one. I could easily be wrong. But I'm just saying just keep that well, in mind. Where they don't, think about the Raiders I don't think the Cardinals is... are thirsty for an edge. So he, Bosa might yeah. own our last. Let's just say they trade him to a team and Bosa's gone, right? Yeah. What do we do? Uh, it depends on how much they value guys like Josh Allen and uh, Rashawn Gary from Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. It's just going to depend on the big board, you know, and it's kind of way so, too tough so, to kind so, of answer right now, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel kind of a little so – you, but you're still saying um, – so – I'm still saying Bosa can fall right our last in number two, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the number two picks. Number three, I wouldn't feel confident about. I think, I think that that's how I feel. That's why I think. So I'm more, I'm more belief in you. I think more ideally, I believe that Nick Bosa does fall in our lap. You know, Um, I obviously was basically what I was. I was trying to paint. A scenario because it'd be easy for us to say, "Oh, Nick Bosa falls in our lap, and we still get him at number two. and you know, beating the seats, seats basically beating the Sheacocks and the the Broncos really didn't matter because we got the player that we all wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you know, mm-hmm. we basically went happy, go happy ever after. But that's a little too easy. I kind of wanted to make a little bit of a paint a little bit of an alternate scenario. To me, no, basically, it's it's so you you so basically you're saying that. You go to best available, I guess, at that point, right? I mean, whoever's basically at number two, you're going to your second player available on your big board below Nick Bosa. I'm assuming Nick Bosa's right yes, number they one. Might be, they might say, you know what, no matter what, we got to take the best edge possible. Then they'll figure out, hey, maybe yep. could they do another mini trade down like Solomon Thomas still get their guy? They might be like, no, the other mm-hmm. team obviously might get him. So, uh, like I said, it's just going to be tricky. Just, uh, like I said, freaking combine, personal workouts, yada, yada. And eventually you'll start hearing the noise yeah. and the big boards shaping up, like, you you know, across nations for teams or whatever. You know, you'll still be able to, knowing the conscious top ten guys or whatever. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, we'll, know after, we'll know after today's game of uh, how things are yeah. possibly going to look and uh, so we'll, we might stand as soon as tomorrow. Uh, yeah, um, my, basically how I'm feeling about it is, is I I think this this scenario is is twofold because I do think we'll get first. Um, I do think we'll get offers from the quarterback. Do I think there's a chance a uh, quarterback can go number one? I I said it before I'm prematurely. Just, 
I can see it when it's all said and done for a quarterback thirsty team, you know, possibly once again, Jags, Giants. I can see them just going all in. Um, it might have to also depend on Dwayne Haskins coming out. Um, you know, obviously if there's only, let's just say it's only Justin Herbert, then obviously some team yeah. might feel like we, we have to take a number one. But let's say Haskins have comes, to, out number, like, comes out as well, it might not be as much who, of a demand, whoever, you know what I mean? Basically, I think what's going to basically boil down to is how much do people feel that there's a drop, drop off between whoever everybody has ranked number one and number two on the QB board. As far as second, first and second quarter, how much of that drop off? Yeah. Drop off? How much of that drop off right. is, is that? Hey, a drop can off? they afford a gamble by sitting back? Think, that's that's pretty much that's more important, you know. Like, I, I it might not be worth it, but you might need it so bad that you have to trade up. So my, so I'm gonna I'm gonna basically give you two quick scenarios. Uh, scenario A is both of those both is not available, and and you know scenario one. I think yeah. it's basically. Two scenario, two thoughts go into it. How much are we looking for maybe the second, third, fourth, you know, edge rusher? How much of those are dropped? Basically, edge rushers, we can either trade up into the first, first, you know, mid to late, you know, early second round-ish type of, sure. you know, day two type of players, you know, versus Greedy Williams or, you know, some other type of players. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm totally against Horace, personally. Scenario number two is Bosa's available, but possibly trade down. But uh, exactly, they they basically saying, hey, how much of a drop off is for whatever spot? Let's let's just say you, you're looking basically if somebody calls and wants to trade into the teens. Let's just say the the teens, for example. And um, you're saying, okay, how 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 much of a drop off is it between Bosa and the 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 edge rushers that will be available in the teams to early second round, you know, the day late day one, early day two of the draft, yeah. versus the uh, these other picks, whether it's a a first round next year, a second round this year, you know, whatever these combinations to fill multiple spots. You know, basically, it's going to be like how much I, – I think the the trade scenario to me is how much do the Niners think there's a drop-off between the number one edge rush, Bosa, and the number two edge rush. Yeah. And well, my mind is, is that, that worth – We need impact guys. You know, I, I don't care about yeah, quantity exactly. as much right now. Like, I don't care if the percentage is a 5 to 10% difference of, like, the one guy to another. If it's only even 5%, I still got to be like, you got to take that 5% more of the state guy, in my opinion. You know, I don't think right now it's a time to quote unquote get cute and try to trade down and get picks because it's not. We're going to do a bunch of picks. No, I, I agree you know, with you. Some might argue you might have more but chance of I'm going if off you have of, more picks. I'm going off the idea of edge rusher being attacked in free agency. And yeah. so I mean, I'm looking at. I'm looking at this as I hope for the sake of hope that we're not expecting, even if it is Bosa, for them to be our next Alden Smith. I hope that we look at this as a, uh, a tandem. Not saying that he can't get 15 or 12 sacks or 20 or none of that. But what I'm saying yeah. is, is I don't want to get caught into this savior mentality. I think 
the key to not being disappointed and early in this rebuild until we have some serious championship ambitions, you know, is to look at the sum of the parts. You know, is our defensive line better with one guy who can get 12 sacks or four guys who can each get eight sacks? Well, I mean, right now, I feel like, don't you agree, you know, we have yeah. all the pieces pretty much on the defensive line besides adding some edge rushers? I do, too. Like, my I do, too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, my – the thing about it is, is let's just basically be real. The Niners have a shitload of big ends and not enough edge rushers. They have a lot of deep tackles and big ends and not enough edge rushers. You know, and one of the things that I, I get – so irritated with year after year after year is everybody talks about our offensive line depth. Everybody talks about how our defense, or sorry, offensive line, our defensive line depth. <laughs> sorry, um, you know, and and how we're 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 set at defensive end, and we're going to cut good players and all that. And no, what it really is is we're set at D tackle and one at one end position. You know, mm-hmm. we got a bunch of tweeners. We got a bunch of people that basically are I, I shouldn't say that are, but we got a bunch of people that basically can play the the, the big end and D tackle, either the three, five, you know, whatever text. And we don't have an edge rusher. You know, and, and I, I mean, think we that's do, but the I think it's clear you can upgrade there, you know. Yesterday. Is a, He's at five and a half, Blair's at five and a half. Blair and, and Cassius Marsh, I think it's basically going to come down to a competition between them. I think you sign Blair. I think you sign him to a contract that allows you the flexibility to cut, basically. I see Blair being on uh, make the team, make the 53 or get cut between him and Cassius Marsh. Well, Blair is going to be an unrestricted agent. Marsh is an option for next year. But uh, if I had it, I would get the best edge possible, re-sign Blair, and take one in the draft in the first. That's personally what I would kind of do. That's how you're looking at it? Uh, It's either Blair or you try to get the two best edge available in free agency, and I still take one. Like, I want to fix this edge issue once and for all. Everyone keeps saying one. I'm like, oh, I I, I think we want to push You know, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I think we need to – push the issue. Um, yeah, I would say the versatility that Ronnie, Ronald Blair has, has played to show inside and outside. Yeah, you know, I say he can play inside and um, outside too. I, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I, I see that. I see that, you know, getting kind of for the right price. You know, I mean, right. if, you know, Ronald Blair gets a you know, crazy – you know, offer, hey, you know, God bless you, brother. You know, you're, you're, 100%. You're, well, I don't want, I don't want to, Ronald Blair to be our main edge rush free agent signing. No. That, 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 I mean, that would ideally, be an extreme problem. Yeah, ideally, Marsh and Blair as your number three and four edges would be a dream, meaning you have two other guys better than them in front starting. So, but well, is yeah. that going yeah, 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 yeah. to happen? Are they going to invest like that? I have no clue. I guess there's a chance. We're spending on the damn flexibility money. See, and this is this is the frustrating part about 
about, you know, kind of the, the roster with football is that, you know, a lot of this comes down to numbers. I mean, how many D, how many yep. defensive linemen, you know, can you keep? Exactly. You know, 100%. You know, um, somebody like Armstead might be a casualty. It, you know what I mean? Maybe they do say, you know what, screw it. Let's resign Blair. Let's keep Mars. Let's get two edge rushers. Sorry, exactly. Mars Armstead, we're going to trade you for a fourth. You know what I mean? It might come down to that. that. I think that I have a feeling that that with Jimmy Ward, uh, maybe not so much Armstead, but I think Jimmy Ward, a lot of these, these I think they're going to get the Eric Reed treatment. Which is they're gonna approach it like you know I don't think necessarily publicly you know be very public about it but I think they're gonna be basically told hey look if you wanna be here under X terms one year two year three you know however long if you wanna be here here look the contracts here and available for you if you feel that you can get other or ha- or have better offers other than God bless you and good luck. Yeah. I think that's how we're going to approach a lot of things. I don't want to yeah. say that Jimmy yeah. Ward coming back is out of the question because I think I think that the Niners love his versatility. You know, I think that that, that in, in a era of ro- roster crunches and you know you need people who play multiple positions. Like if you're a backup, you can't just play one position. You know, it's just it, it's just the NFL rosters can't work like that. For sure. You know, and so I think they love Jimmy Ward's versatility. They do, but, but the issue with Jimmy that Ward is has a, so I don't think that I don't can't count even on if him. We sign but yeah, the Jack trade back backup, sure, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I I I'll put it to you this way: I don't count out Jimmy Ward coming back under any certain area. I think if we even sign Earl uh, Earl Thomas, I could see Jimmy Ward coming back even then under the right circumstances. Because to me, I I think that Earl Thomas will have a little bit more of an aggressive market than Sherman. Well, you know they say, I mean, it's him and between us probably and uh, the Dallas Cowboys. But the thing is, the Cowboys have a lot of cap flexibility as well, but they have, like, several guys that need to be extended, like Demarcus Lawrence, um, yeah. Randy Gregory, Myron Jones, and there's another one I'm missing, uh, Dak Prescott. I don't know if I already said, Mari Cooper, too. So um, that's kind of a lot of guys. And then do you uh, got to sign Demarcus Lawrence, you can't but then that. Randy Gregory needs Marcus to be extended Lawrence, by next year, go. too. But yes, Lawrence. Um, you and, and this is in, in today's NFL. You just can't keep everybody. 